0: Hi, ah, you're listening to the next episode of Create English on KripoJet Radio. It's November 2020. My name's Gabor, and I'm the host of this program. I'm an English teacher, and I give tips and help students to improve their English through this program. Today. I also have a YouTube channel with the same name, Create English with one E in the middle, You can check that out for more resources and more tips. In this program we're going to do a couple of things today. First I'm going to answer a one minute question which is going to be a little bit longer than that. Then uh, we're going to look at some learning tips about emails. And then we're going to do some pronunciation and rhythm practice in the last part of the program. So I hope you like it and you can get the most out of it and learn from my tips and tutorials. Right, so, first up, we're going to start with our one-minute question. I will give you a more detailed answer with some examples to practice with. And the reason is because it's a very interesting point, actually, that just cannot be answered in, like, one minute. And it's worth talking about. This is especially interesting for Spanish speakers But if you are not a Spanish speaker, you're still going to get some great ideas out of this, I think. So, the question is, how do you say aprovechar in English? Right, so to understand this difference, let's take some examples from the Spanish language first. So let's suppose you've been cooking and you've finished dinner and there's some food left. Uh, Not much, but some food. And uh, what do you do with that food? You can do two things. You can throw it away or you can use it later. Now, in this case, the Spanish language would probably say Aprovecha las sobras. Which means use the leftovers, okay? Leftovers are the sobras and... uh, Aprovechar, in this case, would be kind of use, okay, or keep them for later. Now, in this example, the Spanish speaker would say aprovecha las obras, while in English we would probably say keep it for later or use it later. Another example. Suppose you have an opportunity to uh, travel somewhere 50% off. It's a good deal. And, you know, your friend says, hey, you know, it's a great opportunity. Uh, It's 50% off. You know, you, you don't know if you can find this deal next year. So why don't you just go and go for it? So in Spanish, you would say aprovecha la oportunidad, right? While in English, we would say something similar. We're going to look at that some more examples for aprovechar. As you can see, both for the food, aprovecha las sobras, and also for the uh, travel deal, the, the opportunity to travel at half price, you would say aprovecha la oportunidad. But also, let's see, for example, the weather is great. You know, it's a great day, sunny, warm. So you'd say uh, to your friend maybe, in Spanish Aprovecha el día Okay Right In English Let's see what we are Going to say For this situation Or we're talking about Economy And extraction of Resources And some country That has Resources uh, To use Like You know Minerals So that country can Aprovechar Los recursos They can do something with their resources, right? But what is that do in English, which would sound similar to the Spanish aprovechar? We're going to take a look at that. So as you can see, the Spanish language uses this verb in different situations, in different meanings, really. Uh, And if you just translate it directly into English, maybe the first meaning in the dictionary would be take advantage of. But that doesn't really work um, the same way uh, for all situations or for most of the situations, such as in Spanish. Like in Spanish, it's almost like a jolly joker. Aprovechar, we use it in Spanish for a great number of things. I just said, you know, the food. Aprovechar la comida. Or this opportunity. Aprovechar la situación. Or... The great day, the sunny day. Aprovecha el día. Or the resources. Aprovecha los recursos. And there are many more. If you are a Spanish speaker, just pay attention next time you hear this verb in spoken Spanish. And in English, well, let's just look at the examples one by one. So, for the food, aprovechar las sobras, which means instead of throwing it away... What you're going to do is you're going to use it. Yes, as simple as that. So you wouldn't say in English um, take advantage of the leftovers. That sounds a little weird. Uh, so you can't just take the expression aprovechar, look at the uh, translation, first translation in the dictionary, take advantage of, and then use that for all Situations; It just doesn't work that way. So for the food, you could say use the leftovers or keep the leftovers for later. Yeah. Then we had the example of the opportunity to travel half price somewhere. OK. So here in Spanish, again, you would say aprovecha la oportunidad. Right. And in English, in this case, it works. You know, you could say It's a great opportunity, so take advantage of the opportunity and go. Sometimes it does work. Our next example was the great day, right? Yeah, it's a great day. It's a sunny day. Aprovecha el día. But again, in English, take advantage of the day. Uh, Well, it sounds strange. I would just say, you know... Enjoy the day. Yeah. That's simple as that. Um, and the last one of the four examples was the resources. So... Aprovecha los recursos. Take advantage of the resources. Hmm. You know, again, in English I would say something else. I'd say, uh, well, use the resources or exploit the resources... Or make the resources available, or something like that. But I wouldn't say take advantage of the resources. It just sounds strange to my ears. Um, Now, in summary, what we can say is that uh, in Spanish there's a jolly joker expression, aprovechar, and it works. Or aprovecha el tiempo, aprovecha la situación, aprovecha la ocasión, aprovecha las obras. Now, in English, instead of saying take advantage of, for all these examples, you would differentiate between the situations. Now, how do you do that? Just look at what's happening. I mean, when you have... Food, leftovers. What do you do with that? You use that food later. As simple as that. So instead of saying take advantage of the leftovers, you'd say use the leftovers later. Okay? So you look at what's really happening and that's what you say. Okay? In Spanish, aprovechar expresses that, but it It's implied, it's just underneath the surface. On the surface, what you hear is the same word. Aprovechar, aprovechar, aprovechar. But underneath that, the real meaning actually is use or keep the leftovers for later. Or, aprovecha la oportunidad. Now here is the primary meaning, so yeah. It's the same thing. Take advantage of the opportunity. There's no difference. But again, in the next example, when you say aprovecha el día, because it's sunny, you know, I mean, in English, you wouldn't say take advantage of the day. Mm. I'd rather say enjoy the day because that's what aprovechar means. Enjoy, you know, go out, do something, do some outdoors activity or... Whatever, go on an excursion, picnic, or just go to the beach, whatever, but enjoy the great weather. And the resources, again, uh, aprovecha los recursos. That means, again, do something with those resources. So, use them, but not take advantage of them, which would sound a little strange. Great. So, wonderful. There are these fantastic differences between languages that help you discover what you're actually saying when you're just saying one word. In different situations, you're actually saying different things. And this verb in Spanish is a classic and wonderful example for that. So, just remember aprovechar In English is translated in different ways and it always depends on the situation and the way to know what verb to use to translate it is to actually look at what you're saying and then pick the right word or the right verb for that situation as we've seen in the previous examples okay so this was my longer answer ...to a short question. I think it was worth spending this time on this point. So, let's move on. You're listening to Create English on Ripollet Radio with Gabor Legradi, And next up is my tips or learning. Learning tips, okay? So, I'd like to give you some... uh, tips on how you can improve certain areas of your English and today we're going to talk about emails and how to um, actually improve your email writing skills especially if you work uh, for a company or you write you know business emails or just um, you know emails for your business interactions now um, the question is you know like How can I sound more professional in emails? I want those expressions. I want those great expressions. What can I do? Well, so if you're an English learner who writes and receives professional emails and you feel that your style and your vocabulary is not really up to the level of the emails that you receive and you'd like to improve, then what can you do? Well, surprisingly, it's quite simple. Let me explain a few points. First, I suppose and I'm pretty sure that many of the expressions that you want are probably there in front of you already. Which means they are in the emails that you receive. And I'm talking about, um, you know, just a generic uh, ways of greeting, introducing a topic, connecting to the next topic, switching a topic, closing an email. So all these expressions are there in the emails that you receive. So the first thing you can do is look at that. Look at the emails that you have and and just point out the ones that you like. Or the ones that you find useful? Do you get emails from people who write in English better than you do? Do you like the way they start their emails? Do you like the way they connect ideas? Well, okay. You know, these are usually found in a well-written text at some point. So it's a good idea to observe these expressions. Now, of course, when, you, when you're when you looking for these expressions, check the context because uh, some expressions may have different meanings in different contexts. So, you've found the expression that you like. What do you do with that? Well, take notes. Write it down. And next time you write an email, use them. Use one. Then, some other day, use another one or use both, depending on what you write. I mean, it's very simple, but most people just don't do it. They just wish they were able to write the same way, but they don't take that step. This step is very simple. You find something you like. Well, write it down. If you don't write it down, you're going to forget it, probably, Uh, or you won't have it there at hand when you want to use it. So I recommend you write columns okay using columns you could use like maybe three columns in one column you write the original expressions in the second the translation into your first language and in the third column you may want to write things that are specific to that expression maybe you need to be careful with the plural or you need to have, um, maybe it's a phrasal verb which has, a you know, a specific meaning. You might want to take a note there to remind yourself, hey, this phrasal verb, you know, is special. It's a great one, but I have to pay attention to this and that. Or in this third column, you could uh, take notes of the style. Maybe you received this email from a colleague who is, um, you know, it's not a friend, but you're on friendlier terms. you've seen each other before you know each other uh, maybe you exchange emails frequently so there's a there's an expression that you can use with that person, but you would not use that expression with anyone who you've just met uh the first time right so that's basically it so you've got the emails you want to improve sure great. So find expressions that native speakers use or more advanced speakers use and you like them. Take a note. First column, the expression. Second column, the meaning or the translation into your first language. And then in the third column, some extra comments that might help you to use that expression next time. So, as I was saying, this is a very simple thing, yet most people don't do it. And uh, what do you do with these expressions? Well, don't wait, don't wait to build up a list of dirty expressions. No, if you have two or three, you can start using them. Why not? Pick one that you like and use that instead of an older expression or maybe an erroneous expression that you used to use in the past. It should be a conscious step. So you're like, okay, I'm going to use this one. I'm going to use that one. And um, in order to use those expressions the right way, check the context and check the context where you found that expression originally and compare. Is it the same style? Is it this similar style? Is um, Is the context similar? Do they fit? And um, and that's it. And if when in doubt, you know, just just check the meaning on the internet. You can you can search also for that expression, and you will find other examples, other contexts, and you can compare. You know, like okay, it sounds good here, so I'm going to use that. Right, it's a process, but it takes steps and the steps are looking at what you have taking note and learning it by using it learning these expressions by using them and if you write emails regularly you have the opportunity to use these expressions you know more often Okay, I hope you find this tip useful, and I'm sure it sounds like, okay, this is common sense. Yeah, it's common sense, but still, you know, you might just feel like, oh, no, you know, I don't need to take notes. Yeah, if you take notes, it will be easier to remember things and find things when you need them. Okay, let's move on. In this part, we're going to look at pronunciation and work a little bit on the rhythm of speech. Rhythm in speech We talked about this last time In our October program But we can never talk about this enough Because it's so important In English to get the rhythm right And um, I've got some examples here For you, some practice uh, To discover How this actually works And to do some practice So, I have six words here In this example I bought A book on Friday six words I bought a book on Friday now I keep adding words and I'll be adding like words up to 12 words in total so let's say I bought a book on Friday I bought a good book on Friday I bought a book and a hat on Friday. We're at 9 words. I bought a good book and a hat on Friday. We're at 10 words. I bought a good book and a top hat on Friday. We're at 11 words, and the last one is, I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday. We're at 12 words. 12 words are twice as many as six words. yeah, that's math. So our first example I bought a book on Friday and our last example I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday should be twice as long or twice as short um, according to math rules right but it's just not the way it works because um, my the last example is not twice as long. Even though there are twice as many words in that. Let's do the practical part. Okay, so what we're going to hear now is this beat. Two, three, four, one, two, etc. So this is going to make us um, keep on track. It's going to help us keep on track. So what we're going to do is we're going to say our examples... Over this beat and try and keep the beat as much as possible it doesn't have to be perfect but let's keep these beats as pillars okay first one I bought a book on Friday six words let's go I bought a book on Friday okay one more time I bought a book on Friday There you go. We're going to add one word. Good. I bought a good book on Friday. Here we go. One, two, three. I bought a good book on Friday. I bought a good book on Friday. Great. Let's add two more words now. I bought a book and a hat on Friday. Which means we added and a hat is that nine yes so one two three i bought a book and a hat on friday i bought a book and a hat on friday right 10 words coming i bought a good book and a hat on friday one two three I bought a good book and a hat on Friday. One more time. I bought a good book and a hat on Friday. Okay, let's add one more word. Which is going to be top. A top hat. So I bought a good book and a top hat on Friday. Listen. One, two, three. I bought a good book and a top hat on Friday. Keep the rhythm as much as possible, okay? I bought a good book and a top hat on Friday. Fine. And we've come to our last example, which is 12 words. I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday. Let's see how it works. One, two, three. I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday. I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday, so as you can see, we kind of jam the words into it so we can keep up with the with the rhythm. Obviously we can't and we don't have to do it precisely, exactly, in a rigid form, but, but this is like a guideline. So you can keep kind of moving the words and keeping the, uh, the flow of speech while longer words and shorter words find their way now obviously it takes practice theory doesn't work without practice so let's do it one more time I say it once and then you can repeat after me and then I'll say the second example so you're gonna hear the beat and I'm gonna say one two three and then I start and then I'm gonna say one Two, three and then you start and then it's my turn and then your turn to practice so let's let's do the first the first time that you're supposed to speak I'm gonna be whispering I'll be helping you so you know what the idea is and how this works so one two three I bought a book on Friday one two three I bought a book on Friday Okay, this was your turn So the same way the second example I say one two three I say it and then I say one two three and it's your turn ready. Let's go One two three I bought a good book on Friday one two three Yeah, okay great Next one. One, two, three. I bought a good book on Friday. One, two, three. Great. Okay, it's my turn. One, two, three. I bought a book and a hat on Friday. One, two, three. Okay, my turn. One, two, three. I bought a good book and a hat on Friday, one, two, three All right, next one. One, two, three. I bought a good book and a top hat on Friday, two, three All right, this one was quick, okay, and there's one more left one, two, three I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday. Let me give you a little more time, okay? In this one, I'm gonna give you a little more time between when I say it and when you're supposed to say it. So, one, two, three. I bought a really good book and a top hat on Friday. One, two, three. Now, just remember, you need to read these, so they're gonna be in the description of the program. Just check it out. You will have the six examples one after the other, so it will give you a chance to read it at the same time as you're saying it. Great! Okay, have fun practicing. This was Create English in November on Ripollet Radio with Gabor. For links and resources, always check the description of the program below. So when there's some material you can check out that's uh, related to the program, then it will be down in the description. And um, yeah, so this is a monthly program, half an hour, focusing on learning tips, grammar, pronunciation, remember practicing is key so wish you good luck all the best and talk to you next time thank you and bye now